episode 173 for March 2012. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example on this episode is on Amazing Spider-Man number 687. This one wraps up the end of the Earth storyline. And this one poses the question, can Spidey sacrifice one life to save the entire planet? So help me if it's Mary Jane, I'm personally pulling for Carly Cooper. Anyway, the cover price, $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang. We're wrapping up this last episode of March with your message board questions. I'm joined by Don and George, and we're tackling a question off the top aimed at Don. All right. We're going back to the top of the message board. Bertoni uh, in Florida, who is also a regular on our show, just not today. Uh, Don, what's been your biggest podcasting lesson since starting The Next Dimension, which is your... Dragon Ball Z podcast, right? Indeed so. Um, basically, because I've, I've been podcasting for a couple of years before this, but like hosting a show, I would say, honestly, just to relax. Um, if you listen to shows, I'll, I'll say right up front, my biggest hurdle that Jesse and I have, at least, or I'll, I'll put the blame on me, to kind of start the oh. show off. Because uh, you want to kind of just relax. You want to keep up the energy. You know, you want to be engaging and have the listener care about what you're saying. Don't try to like rush it. Just kind of com- let it come naturally and let the discussion kind of flow and ease into it so it can be a lot more of a, you know, a lot more of a relaxing and uh, inviting experience. Um, Sounds like you're trying to sweet talk a woman. <laughs> well, that's no problem at all. You <laughs> <laughs> know, a question for you, like, at the top, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do have a question for me. I'm sorry. Uh, what character in Spidey's world, apart from MJ, Peter, and Jonah, would you like to see killed off? Hate, hate to see killed here. off. I would hate to see killed off. Um... Okay. Yeah, I I I've said it in the past, and I always go back to it. Is I I even though they don't use her much anymore, Aunt May I think is always a constant reminder to Peter about the responsibility that he failed to do with his uncle. And when you take that out of it, he's kind of moved on a little bit. He's grown up a little bit, but I I think that responsibility always has to be part of Spider-Man's story. And Aunt May is the biggest reminder to him. Uh, of he helped or he inadvertently killed this woman's husband and his uncle, etc. So Aunt May is the answer to that question. Uh, George, what would make you never touch another Marvel comic again? Hey, man, you touched that DVD to put it in your Blu-ray. I mean, <laughs> um, what would they I have to do? I mean, I'm, not, I'm not buying them. I'm not actively buying them anymore. I mean, the stuff I, that I get, you know, to review for the podcast, I'm borrowing that from my friend Chris out in, in uh, Keller. So, yeah, I think we've already hit that. I, I, I think it's been such a sustained level of ass now that I've, I really don't care. And I've said it before. I, I consider the Spider-Man story to have already ended. For me, Spider-Man, the way I charted it, Spider-Man ended um, probably at this point before Civil War. And everything else past that is like just a, a subpar alternate universe. Is there a Marvel book that you don't borrow that you buy? Uh, not since they canceled Spider Girl, and uh, not since JMS left Thor. I take that back. I gave, uh, I gave. Uh, oh God, who followed up JMS on Thor? Was it Fraction? You're right. Yeah, I liked Fraction's other stuff, but I did not like his Thor. 
I would agree. With um, and then, uh, so I dropped that like a like a hot pocket. Um, <laughs> hot pocket. And then, uh, <laughs> I I liked Rick Remender's uh, Doctor Voodoo. Um, yep. But then they canceled it. So uh, I remember uh, <laughs> promise. I remember promising Wacker I would try out. Uh, the Punisher, but then when I started hearing, you know, that there were... It's awful. Brand, it's awful. When, when I heard there were brand new verse people in there, I was like, yeah, I, I don't need this. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm done buying Marvel. Uh, unless there unless there, were, there was a regime change. And I, really, I mean, even though Quesada is not the, the, the EIC anymore, I really think he just has to be gone before I could get back into it at this point. Because I think so much of this stuff still just stems from him. I mean, we're talking a total sea change would have to happen for me to get interested in this. Now, if they rebooted it, which I, I still think that I'm seeing little indications here and there that they could, or that we could be seeing the beginnings of a reboot, or the first hintings of a reboot, of a complete company-wide relaunch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still wouldn't get on board with it because I don't – it would still be the people that fucked it up to begin with, <laughs> just like DC. So I don't I, – I wouldn't I, have any, any faith in, the, in, the, in, the new, in this current regime to do that, to do it effectively. Well, don't you think you'd be – even more ticked that we're back to a Spider-Man in high school again storylines. Um, yeah, I mean it would make sense because it's you know all the forty-somethings trying to write him right now are still trying to live vicariously through him. And all, all the fans are saying we don't really need that. We just need cool stories where he acts like Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, so it wouldn't shock me at all. But yeah, I mean yeah, I mean we've we've done this a dozen times. We've we've done him as a swinging single, you know, or as Joe Quesada would say, now for the. You know, for that nine-year-old buying it off the rack at the store, you know, for that cool, you know, Van Lenty rape story, um, you know, this is their first time, so they were they haven't had this like you have, so don't be selfish, prick. Um, you know, and I, so there's there's been so much. I mean, this the direction of the universe that they've that they've taken overall has driven me away. Um, the uh, the un the unyielding events. You know, the event hammer. Has, the event hammer did more than anything else to drive me away because that started before they wrecked up, before they fucked up Spider-Man. You're talking Civil War with the unmasking and all that. Uh, yeah, and even on DC side, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just it, it's a mix of I don't like the way that they've taken their universes. Um, I don't like the way that, or and, and on the other side, I don't like a, a way, or I don't like the way that a lot of Marvel have addressed their their readership or. or I don't think they have a very high opinion of their readers at all. I'll give you that. Yeah, so. I, I, I agree. I, I don't. Think I'll give you that. Yeah. So that's where I am. I mean, I'm, I'm already done by Marvel. So. Right. Uh, Bertoni has a question for all of us, or actually a request. He's not here, so do your best Bertoni impression. Make me embarrassed. Who would like to go first, Don? <laughs> <laughs> Let me hear your Bertoni. Uh, I think Zach from. from TV podcast did a really good, really funny one, but um, I don't know. Let's see. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'll try. Like, because we, we talk a lot on the phone. Like, when, when when I'm in class and he, he leaves a message, he's like, he calls and says, "Oh my God, did you read the latest issue of Venom? Betty Brant, you know, took took care of and you know, made this this Wolverine thing. Said that she was the greatest blogger ever. Uh, oh God, I mean, <laughs> you know, Betty's in the comic and everything, but my God, this woman." Well, yeah. I'll talk to you later. Oh, oh, by the way, watch Happily Divorced where Fran Dresser and her gay husband, you know, get the hijinks. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll break bathtubs in a minute. <laughs> I always think of Bertoni doing his female voice with the high pitch. Oh, my God, Peter Parker. That's a, that's a, uh, what's the woman's name? Um, uh, Sally. Uh, Sally Avril. I, I, always, I always think of that when he's really... Oh, my God, Dick! 
Chip, write that. <laughs> George, you got one? I am not drunk enough to do Bertoni right now. You're, we're not drunk, okay. Uh, to all, from Iron Patriot from China, to all, have any of your, your non-geek friends and relatives ever done anything really geeky unexpectedly? Recently, my dad sang the 60s Spider-Man theme, proving that he is indeed awesome. My dad, um, he borrowed uh, my my Nightfall trade paperbacks and like read them in a weekend. That was really impressive. That's cool. Um, also, you know, my, my professor, uh, my feminist theory professor, actually said she named Josh Dragon Con one time in a conversation. Like, oh, if I were to dress up, uh, she was making a point. She says, oh, if I were to go to Dragon Con and do this, and I was like, I like that you not said a convention. She specifically said Dragon Con. She says, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a geek too. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> I thought it was neat uh, right when Spider-Man 2 came out. Uh, a lot of my friends that don't read comic books, they came up and said, is Harry Osborn going to be a bad guy now? Is he going to become a go- goblin, etc.? I'm like, yeah, he could be a guy. I went along the, the history of what happens to Harry Osborn, etc. And, and several other people, when they see the movie, they were wondering if Peter and Mary Jane get married, etc. You know, a lot of people yeah. are confused on that. Like, the, the average yeah. people don't know if he's Hobgoblin or the Green Goblin. It's very true. It's very true. Uh, and I, I had to tell him, yeah, he got married, but he uh, made a deal with the devil. And then, yeah, I'll leave it. <laughs> Brad, do you have any big plans for the site and the podcast this July for Spider-Man's 50th anniversary? Also, if you, we, if I may make a suggestion, why don't you do a bit on the other Spider books of the month? It doesn't have to be super detailed. Just a few thoughts on Venom, Scarlet Spider, and Avenging Spider-Man. Uh, you know, if we have Crazy Chris on, we hit a lot of Venom talk this episode. Uh, also, Zach tends to hit up the Scarlet Spider whenever the message board questions kick in. And Avenging Spider-Man, what's there to say about it? Anyway, <laughs> there's not much to the book or to talk about it. I mean, The Avengers' deaths. Yeah, I mean, it's just... They had a two-page splash of credits on the first issue. That kind of <laughs> That I, I will never. That's just a bad taste in your mouth. Like here, here's three ninety nine, two page splash of shameless self promotion. I, I guess it was just. Yeah. I'm not digging the book, and I I don't know how its sales are doing, but I don't think that. I don't think a, a Marvel team up book worked in the '80s when they sold millions of copies. Anyway. Well, I would say they were selling millions of copies. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, Don, name your top three Spider-Man artists and writers right now. Right now, okay. Uh, <laughs> number, I start from three to go one on artists. Number three, John Romita. Number two, John Romita. Number one, Mark Bagley. Um, Bagley, <laughs> Bagley is my absolute favorite forever. Uh, but I actually though Romita Senior and Junior are so close that I, I kind of, they're kind of like a number two tied spot. Writers, um, number one, JMS, number two, Paul Jenkins, number three, uh, I can't decide between uh, Jerry Conway and Stanley. I really love both of those runs. No, D. Mateus? I like D. Mateus, but I, I, I really do. He's, he's in top five, probably, but, or top ten, but like a lot of his stories kind of be like are the same themes, you know, villains with daddy issues. That's not to say that they're <laughs> bad, but they don't yeah. show a lot of variety, but I do like them a lot. Yeah. George, can't think of anything to say. I'll just say greetings from Zeta House. Word. Word. All right. Uh, big plans for the 50th anniversary. No, I mean, I, not really. I mean, I, I'd like to get Andrew Garfield on. I think that'd be fun. Uh, I'd like to get Drake Bell, the new voice of the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, on. I think that'd be fun. I've started the process of that. I sent an email to the Sony people asking for 
Drake Bell. I have not asked for Andrew Garfield or anybody else, the director, but I have a couple of contacts at Sony. As the movie gets closer when they do the PR rounds, hopefully they'll hook me up. Who knows? Uh, let's see. Steve Rogers for Don. When do we get the big, long-anticipated the Batman Universe Crawl Space crossover? You should really ask Brad, but if, I, if, if it were my imagination, uh, whenever Stella gets married and Brad and Dustin show up, this will be this big like infighting family thing. Stella gets married to Dustin. Is it Dustin the webmaster of the Batman? Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not shipping Stella and what? Dustin, but uh, like whenever she gets married to like either uh, Kevin, myself, or somebody new, and like you and you and uh, you and Dustin show up, you know, on opposite sides. Oh, I get it. On on the aisles, I get it. That that'll be the crossing. Okay, okay. She, she loves me. No, she loves me. No, she loves me. And we'll record for a Actually, podcast. You know, Dustin and I have now more to talk about since I'm reading the bad books. You guys should, you know, you you and yeah. you guys, the, your powers combined would be so awesome. You guys should do some sort of like collaboration. Yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, George, better action flick decade: the seventies or the eighties? Yeah, Dirty Harry versus uh, John McClane. I can't really compare them because in the eighties, well, John McClane really Die Hard. Die Hard really was the game changer. Yeah, for how we looked, and you can thank John McTiernan for that. Um, was the game changer on how we look at not just action movies, but summer movies. Even though that movie that movie came out in the summer, even though it was like inside the movie, yeah. it's actually Christmas. Yeah, you know, I love that. But um, so really, in, it was the late '80s that really became the game changer for for how we look at those movies. Um, before that, I mean, you you could kind of see where it was going. You had things like. Oh, you know, Terminator and, and, and Cobra setting the stage. But, I mean, just those were still low-key compared to Die Hard. Well, during the 70s, we had Dirty Harry, Death Wish. During the 70s, we had Dirty yeah. Harry. We had Death Wish. We had, um, oh, God. You had all the Bruce Lee movies. You yeah, You had like Superfly and Shaft. I mean, the 70s were right. huge, but the 70s action compared to 80s, you can't really compare the action because in the 70s, it's more car chases and, and, and shooting. In the 80s, it's more car chases, shooting, um, shit getting blown up every other scene. Rambo, <laughs> First Blood Part you know, 2. Exactly. Mm. It, it, it goes, Yippee-ki-yay. It, it goes much larger scale in the 80s. But in the 70s, I think a lot of it was more personal. <clears throat> you know, it was like, well, this, you know, this pimp yeah. just choked my girlfriend. Now I've got to kill him and all his friends. The 80s was a lot more <laughs> yeah. masculine, I think. The, 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 the stars were a lot more you know, bodybuilding-built guys. <laughs> Yeah, you think of uh, well, Bruce Willis is kind of an average guy. I, I'm, I'm thinking Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger in the '80s, and Clint Eastwood and uh, Lee Marvin and and uh, Bob Lundgren, Van Damme. Or those are the '80s. Seth, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Uh, who is Death Wish? Uh, Bronson. Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Yeah. Or Charles Bronson. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what do you like? Which one's better, George? I can't really compare them. I like them both equally. It's like Sophie's Choice for me. I can't. Okay. I can't pick one over the other. I'd say 80s because I'm a kid of the 80s, but it wasn't my question. Anyway, uh, to everyone, what is your history with the NCAA March Madness tournament bracket pools? Not a sports fan. Whenever, every year, I'm, I'm excited for my friends, but I don't really pay attention. Same here. George? Uh, don't really have one. Yep. Proto Goblin, to me, have you ever thought of expanding the comic reviews on the front page to inc- include reviews for trades? 
just so happens, I got an email a couple weeks ago, and I've yet to reply to it, but uh, I had a good uh, proposition from a guy. Boy, that sounds bad. Uh, <laughs> no, he wants to review the Spider-Man trades, and I, I, I uh, have been really busy as of late, and I need to write him back, and he had, he had a good idea of how to review Spider-Man trades, so I, it may be coming. Uh, Don, Dragon Ball questions. Have you watched the first Dragon Ball series that comes before Dragon Ball Z? And what's your opinion on that one, if you have any? Also, who's the best and worst villains from the Dragon franchise overall, in your opinion? Uh, yes, I have seen all of Dragon Ball and, and read much of the manga. Uh, I, I, I talk about it a lot in my show, like, you know, to, to provide backstory. So, that shows you're not listening to my show, Proto Goblin, so you better get on that or I'll kill you. Uh, <laughs> um, best and worst villains that's a really hard question because a lot of the DBZ villains are such heavy hitters that it kind of it kind of becomes preference um, a lot of people point to Frieza because of, of what he does to the characters personally um, a lot of people a lot of, I know a lot of my friends point to Boo because of just the damage he does even though Boo is actually one of my least favorite villains my, my personal favorite villain in the DBZ is a Cell just because I really like the arc as a whole and like I like how he has a lot of the abilities of the other fighters. Um, so it's not so much what's best and worst, it's what you like personally. Okay, the other question is uh, to George. What's your thoughts on the classic 60s cartoon of Spider-Man? Uh, I enjoyed it. I I think we've been we're having a lot of fun recently with all the little pictures that come from it. The memes are the memes. The, the what, memes, what yeah, said? the memes. The memes. Those yeah. are so funny. Right now. <laughs> the, the little <laughs> meme pictures, yeah. Um but God, no, I mean, it, it's just a completely different thing. I mean, Spider-Man sounds like he's 35. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but, but, but he drops out lines like, ah, nothing to do but swing and dig it. You know, yeah, he's swinging to the city and everything. I've never liked that the that the suit wasn't full-webbed. Right. I mean, that That's just, an animator. It looks like the animators were lazy, I thought. Ran out of right. and, and I'm sure somebody out there wants to call me a hater for it, and this is me flipping my middle finger off at them. But um, but yeah, I, I, I liked it. I mean, when I was a kid, uh, watching that stuff in like the early 70s, it came out in the late 60s, I think. Right. But I mean, they were still running, rerunning that when you and I were kids, Brad. Yes, I remember it. Yeah, I, I was like five or six when I saw it. And yeah, I, uh, I loved that when I was a kid, man. I couldn't get enough of it. And they didn't have... They they released them on VHS tapes like one episode or two, and I was I always wanted to grab those and I I I, I think I had well, like on one. DVD now. Yeah, I know I've, I've got, got them on DVD. I, I did too, and those are actually worth some money. They they don't they're out of print. The DVDs oh, are they? Yep. Go to Amazon. You can see them charging a lot of money for them. Mm. Uh, let's see. Venomaniac, we kind of already hit up to talk about the Venom spinoff movie in the beginning of the show, so listen to that. TNR 105, Brad, what are your thoughts on the Jason Aaron Hulk series that sees Hulk and Banner as separate entities? I actually read issue 5 of Hulk last night where, spoilers, it was revealed that uh, Doctor Doom helped separate the the two personalities. Where I think he grew a clone of... Banner and put the brains in there or something like that. Um, it's okay. It's okay. It's not the best. I think the artwork uh, could be better. I thought the previous artist Paul Petelarier or something like that did the artwork on the the Incredible Hulk book was a little bit better than an Image founder Wallace Portio. Is that how you say his name? Uh, Will Portio. Yeah, just not not digging. That's what we used to say in the nineties. 
Exactly. <laughs> Just not digging the artwork. Jason Aaron, I, I like his stuff a lot. In fact, um, uh, one of my recommendations, I don't know if we hit my recommendations or not, but we probably will, uh, is the Punisher Max book that just recently r- wrapped up that Jason Aaron did. So I think he's in capable hands. It, it, it uh, took five issues. Did that book have, like, uh, Vanessa Fisk and Electra having sex? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and gasped. Yeah, it, it, uh, I like the book. But uh, <laughs> five issues... I, I, the storyline's just a little bit long for me uh, with the uh, the Hulk separation, etc. And, and again, I'd like my books to not repeat what we've seen before. And this one is very much 80s uh, John Byrne Hulk, where the Hulk and, and uh, Banner have been separated. And they even reference it in the latest um, issue that this has been happened before. Why, well, yes, it has, but we're going to do it again. So I give it a B minus as far as the new Hulk book. Uh, Don, have you seen any of the Marvel anime? And if so, what do you think is the best and the worst? I think the Blade just came out too. I'm not seeing the Blade one. Um, in fact, really the only one I've actually sat down and watched was the Wolverine one because they have them on G4. Um, right. And okay, pro and con. Pro, the storyline's right from the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller miniseries, which was awesome. So that's really cool. But I don't think it was very good because, first and foremost, they kind of made Wolverine a, a lot younger, which you don't ever do. Wolverine is an old guy, and he will always be yeah. an old guy. Uh, they had Milo Ventimiglia voice him, which I don't think really worked. And just the whole feel of it kind of feels wrong. I'd like to check out the X-Men anime because it looks kind of cool, even though they have this like kawaii chick on the team for some reason. But um, There's a Hawaiian chick on the X-Men? Uh I'll, I'll, what? I'll explain to you later what that means. What? What? Basically, this, this, this like Japanese schoolgirl who's a mutant, <coughs> and she looks she looks because the X Men look kind of like, cool. They have Cyclops and Beast and Storm and Wolverine, but like they have this like there's this like you know out of place looking uh, uh, schoolgirl on there who I, who I, I learned is in the comics, but um it, lo- it kind of makes it look like an odd dynamic. But I, I want to check that out. But the Wolverine one is the one I've seen. Uh, I don't really care for. I've not seen the Iron Man one, although the animation looks really cool. I, I took a peek at the Iron Man and the uh, Wolverine one. I just I don't get anime. I really don't. Just not a fan. Uh, let's see, George. It's often been wondered what Aunt May would say if she knew Peter sold his marriage to Mephisto to save her life. But what do you think Uncle Ben would say as he looked down on Peter with disappointment? Oh God, that's a that's a good one. That is a good one. Um, I think. Uncle Ben would have been disappointed, and he would have voiced his disappointment. When you look at the times Uncle Ben has spoken to Peter from the grave, which I think is what? one or I know one for sure. Five, issue 500. When Doctor Strange gave him that little box or whatever. Yep. And uh, so when you look at the fact that that was actually Uncle Ben talking to him, you know, and just that kind of tone, I, I think he would have expressed disappointment, but he would have been like, do better. You know, um, I, I think he would have tried. He would have been more understanding of where, as where Peter was coming from. You know, I mean, because uh, what would Uncle Ben have done to save Aunt May? But at the same time, I, I, you know, I mean, there's, I don't know how much he would have factored in. You know, well, you know, your aunt is, you know, eighty, and um, you know, she, you know, she would have come up here to be with me, and I wouldn't have had her, you know, you know, 
I wouldn't have to watch her writing some old dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look what you've you know, done. <laughs> that's what oh, that's God. what always gets me is you know we had that one moment in the comics when Aunt May was even telling him, "Let me go." I am ready to go up to heaven and be with your uncle in, Ben. In four hundred, why can I die? <laughs> you know, don't just know. let me go. But don't you think, Aunt, like I said earlier, don't you think Aunt May is just a reminder of what no. he did? I, I yeah, but you know, Aunt May can still do that in flashbacks. I guess, but you can do that the way Uncle Ben does, you know, with the tombstone. I mean, I don't think Aunt May, as she's played now, is really a, a worthwhile character to stick around as a supporting character because if you need guilt. Peter didn't forget what happened with Uncle Ben. He can just have his, he has guilt all the time. You don't need a woman nagging him to remind that. That's just kind of like that just kind of adds, you know, a, a sense of like misery <laughs> with the character. I think that she really would be better off dead or knowing his identity. In yeah, my one opinion. thing I you know one thing I would have done. I mean, well, not done, but one thing that I've, I've I would point out is that I had the biggest problem when they brought Aunt May back. Oh God, what year was it when they, we found out about the actress? 1998, I think. 98. Yeah, when they, when they, right before the reboot. Right. When they brought her back, and I remember how pissed I was. I was pissed when they killed her. But really? Then, yeah, I was pissed when they killed her. But then, I mean, later I, I got over it because I was like, that was a good story. You know, that right. whole scene at the Empire State Building where she finally reveals to Peter that she knew all along. Mm-hmm. And she tells him, you know, what's it like flying over the city? And you realize, oh, shit. Yeah, that is powerful. You know, yeah. and little moments like that. But they brought her back, and Mackie didn't do shit with her. Mac, her her biggest character development was Aunt May got a hair, got a new do. <laughs> you know, literally it was. And then Jenkins started doing more with her. When Jenkins took over on PPSM, Jenkins started having her actually do things, and he actually gave her a a meaning for being there, a, a reason for being. He Jenkins did more to justify early on her being brought back than than anything else that had been done at that point. But then, when JMS came in, JMS took her to a whole different level. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That she that she hadn't. And honestly, I don't know that anybody had written Aunt May that well. I mean, the whole point where she finally comes in, and 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 she finds him. And she finds the mask, and the, you know, remember that whole silent issue? Yep. Remember, or not the whole silent issue, but the whole issue where she's just she's sitting on the bench, and it's yeah. just hitting her. Mm-hmm. You know about my nephew, a spider, and all the th- she's going back to all the things in her life that have been connected to this guy. You know, and I mean that whole thing was so powerful. So at this point, so long as there's a, a writer writing her well, and I don't mean writing, so, I don't mean writing Jonah's dad. You know, the, the soup kitchen thing had promise. You know, the the, the Aunt May interacting with, with, the, with the community, I think that made more sense than anything else. That made way more yeah. sense than Aunt May riding a dude. She would, mm-hmm. she would never have sex. So, you know... <laughs> I agree. You know, there's, there's, there's not enough Vagisil in the world. Oh, hey, hi. Damn, damn, damn. But no, I mean, right right now, I mean, or they, they've already written her out. I mean, what else were they going to do with her? Yeah, they wrote, wrote out her, and they wrote out Harry Osborne, etc. Yeah, I mean, because I, there's nothing, I mean, so I, I would like to see a writer bring her back and have her do something. And I think the, her best value right now is as someone who absolutely does know who Peter is. Yeah. I think, because I, I, when, when that happened with JMS, dude, and the whole scene, remember when Aunt May went down to bitch out Jonah? 
Mm-hmm. Remember, yeah. she canceled her subscription online, and then she went down there. Exactly. The whole family's crazy. <laughs> you know, I I think of things like that, or I think of things like um, remember that that Doctor Octopus story where where you know you had May and Otto seeing each other for the longest time, and then they they had that moment, you know, like May Otto. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, but of course now he's not fighting Spider-Man; he's fighting her fucking nephew. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, there is so much you could do with Aunt May, and 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 they really, they really, someone else needs to come in and write him. I'm I'm, I'm glad they wrote her out because I mean uh, she'd be fighting for a gag now with, with slot writing her, so <laughs> it's probably for the best. I, did, I didn't mean to go. Well, we went off on that, didn't we? No, it was good. It was good. Say, like, like Brad, what do you do? You, do you still think how <clears throat> he's all said? He said all that. Do that? She still has a place. Basically, uh, oh, yeah. giving sending Peter on a guilt trip. No, no, I, I, I think I, I still think she needs to be a guilt trip, and I, I, I like. She's a I like. She's, she's sending him on a guilt trip. <clears throat> no, I like the reminder of the responsibility. I also liked what uh, I think one of the best things that uh, JMS did during his run was make Aunt May know what that was a new story. That was powerful. That was a powerful that story. Really was. I mean, has anything that powerful been done since? And and is there a character in Spider-Man now that knows who he is and he can go to after he takes the mask Charlie off? Charlie Cooper. About... Well, yeah, but... <laughs> the only one that comes to mind is Mary Jane, and she appears every 10, 20 issues. No, she, she, she appears in, like, every other issue, I think. She appears enough. Mm, she won 100 that she didn't, you know, right after one more day. Alas. Um, Where were we? Let's see. Was it Wombat? I don't say a hundred issues. She was gone because you know if you if you get that wrong, Slot's going to say, "Well, you're misrepresenting." No, there, I she appeared in six hundred and like she she was in five hundred. So like it, it wasn't necessarily a hundred issues, but she was there. She was gone for like, I think over a year and a half. Yeah, that was the longest time she's been gone since the eighties. Right. Wait a minute. I thought she came back fairly recently when, when during that paper of doll story. Wasn't that like six months after Brand New Day? I mean, after one I day. Could be, oh, yeah. I, I, I could be wrong. Where, where she was in bed with the, the actor Bobby Carr. Yeah, where, you know, that was another one of Christina's little reality slaps at the longtime fans. Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> Wombat909, uh, to everyone, who's the biggest comic book name you've ever met in person? Stanley is my answer. I met him in Chicago Comic Con and shook his hand and said, thank you for creating the best character of all time. Yeah, I did that back in '97, I think. Um, I I actually met a lot of people in, uh, at Comic Con. I I actually had a 45 minute conversation with Todd Knock, which was really awesome. I asked him about like uh, Young nice. Justice and talking about the the Clone Saga miniseries he did, and he was like the nicest guy. I mean, a lot of people I met were nice. Uh, Neil Adams was a douche, but like a lot of people I met were nice. I went up to Neil Adams uh-huh. and said, "Oh, hi, I'm a fan of your work," and he was like, "Uh huh." Yeah, I did that, and like, I, but no, Todd Dang. was just so he was so happy, and he remembered. I said I'm from the Crossroads. He said, "Oh yeah, I remember Brad Douglas," and he was. Uh, oh. He said, "Hey, honey, remember that uh, that interview I did on the podcast a couple years ago with with uh, Brad Douglas from the Crossbase?" And she was like, oh. "Oh yeah," and like he was just like the, the the coolest dude. Very nice, very nice, George. You've met a lot of people. Yeah, um, I've never met Stan. I just interviewed Stan. Um, for a couple hours back when we did Hero Room. Or no, for an hour, pardon me. You got drunk um, with the Kingpin. I got drunk with the Kingpin, which I didn't even realize. Um, who was who the guy... I remember a story of you hanging out or at a Comic-Con, and 
Oh, I can't remember the story. I don't remember the details that much, but... Oh, me and Paul Jenkins. That's right, Paul Jenkins, yes. Yeah, Paul Jenkins. Well, Paul Jenkins was about to get married. Um, was that San Diego? It was 2002. And was it some chick hitting on him or something? Yes, yes. Yeah, married uh, for it, chick hitting on him. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, he, I think he was living in Georgia back then, but he made it in for the Comic Con. And he and I had corresponded a lot. We got Back when I was doing Hero Realm, he and I got to know one another through that and also through... Um, the Alvaro Awards back in the day, mm-hmm. and um, and he said, "Dude, if you're going to be in San Diego, you know, come find me. We'll, you know, we'll buck around or rap or something, you know, hang out for a little bit." I said, "Yeah, that's cool." So um, I went and found him, and he was signing at the Top Cow booth. And next to him was this Playboy playmate who had who was just hitting on him left and right. <laughs> I mean, she was just throwing it at him. She was like, "Dude, this is this is right here." Right here. Right <laughs> if you want this, you can have every little bit of this. I, this British comic writer, you know. Oh, that's funny. You know, and, and you chew me like bubble gum. And and oh, oh. But Paul wasn't oh, happy because baby. Paul's about to get married. He, you know, he's happy already. So she's. I mean, she's just throwing uh. throwing it at him. And I come over there. You know, she doesn't know who the hell I am. Paul knows who I am, of course. You know, she doesn't. So to her, you know, it's this. You know. Tubby, 30s-ish guy coming over to talk to Paul, and, and Paul's like, oh, he gets excited when he sees me. He's like, George! And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, wait, let me get him, you know, hang on a minute. Let me let me close up here. And uh, and the Playboy Playmates looking at him and then looking at me and looking at him and looking at she, <laughs> You could just see it on her face. He's like, you'd rather hang out with him than me? <laughs> you know, I mean, she was stupefied. And it was, yeah, That's so we, he and I wound up talking, God, walking around there talking for about an hour on the floor. Um... This is back when I was routinely calling for Axel to get canned, um, and uh, and he, he he was messing with me, you know. Like we passed some Ultimate stuff, and he knew because he used to read the Hero Room reviews, and so he knew I couldn't stand any of the uh, Ultimate stuff. And we passed a, a bus of Ultimate Magneto, and he was like, "Hey, you want to grab this while you're here? I know how you love the Ultimate <laughs> stuff." And I was like, "No, no, I'm good." Uh, but we talked a little bit. This was not. I think the story he did with the Green Goblin and Peter, remember, in PPSM, yeah. had when Peter has the beard on, you know, that Slot said he never had. Um, <laughs> what, I think, what, is it, what does he say about it? Slot said at one point Peter never had a beard or something like that, and I was like, oh, you mean like in PPSM and that Goblin story that Jenkins wrote? You yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, this is the guy who knew so much, he, he didn't even know that Spider-Man had already fought Bullseye, so. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, he, you know, he was... We were joking, and then he said, hey, let's go meet Axel. And I was like, you know, I'm going to pass. I don't really want to go meet Axel. I, think, I don't think Axel and I have a lot to say to one another. <laughs> and uh, he was like, no, come on. Let's, let's go meet Joe. I told him I was going to hang out with you today. And I was like, no, I don't want to meet Axel. Or, I've already, I already met Joe like in 95, and I was like, right, I'm good. You know, hey, look at the time. I'm just going to go eat lunch. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I got to hang out with him for a long time, and that was really a lot of fun. Uh, and I, I, I hung out with him, and I hung out with um, Jeff Johns, too, one afternoon. Actually, we went out to eat dinner one night, and then we uh, – I, I had John, uh, dinner with John's a couple of nights, once in Dallas and then once in L.A. And then um, nice. me and my uh, girlfriend at the time and Jeff and his fiancée at the time, we all went out to eat dinner in L.A. And then um, I wound up hanging out with him in his office. We we walked – at the time he had an office with Jeff Loeb, and he and I walked down to get uh, Jeff Loeb a smoothie. And then we just walked <laughs> around the block just talking about you know D.C. stuff and what he was going to do on Avengers and stuff. And then shortly after that, he left Avengers. But um, 
so yeah, probably those were the two closest relationships I ever had. Where, uh, where, where Jack- I wish you had the name of the Playboy Playmate that was sitting on. Dude, I wish I did too. And she was hot. Yeah, and funny. she was smoking hot, dude. <clears throat> and it's funny. And and she was. She was like. She was just stupefied that he was about to go walk around with like you know. <laughs> And I wasn't dressed. I mean, I didn't have like I, I was dressed nice. I had like a collared shirt on and stuff. I wasn't dressed like I didn't have a Igrox box shirt on or anything, you know. I mean, <laughs> but you know, I mean, still, I you know, she's like, you would rather hang out with this dude than than hit this, you know? You can hit this <laughs> like a punching bag, son. I'm this is it. whoa, <laughs> you know, and you know, he was like, yeah, this is, no, he told her, he goes, bang, yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> He said, yeah, my, my mate's here. Me mate's here. We're going to go off and chat. Me mates. Yeah, and she's like, oh, man. Okay. You could mate this. Yeah, she's like, jam- really? Because you could stay and just hit this right now. Jan the man from, in. The, I'm going to screw that up, the Netherlands. <laughs> uh, to everyone, if DC and Marvel were, were to produce a new Spider-Man-Superman crossover, what would you like to see as the writer and artist? Personally, I'd like Ed McGinnis as the artist. It would be a nice choice since they have... Both drawn both characters to some extent in the past. My vote is Jeff Johns, who I would like to see write Spider-Man. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a character who's done both. Uh, gosh, I would be a good artist as a writer. Maybe Jeff Loeb, because I do like Spider-Man Blue, but I think Peter was slightly his voice is slightly off in that. But I think he did a good enough job that maybe Jeff Loeb and Ed could do good work on that Superman Spidey crossover. I want to see somebody that hasn't written Spider-Man before. Uh, kind of like when Romita Jr. did Batman versus the Punisher. And yeah. basically handed him his ass in an alley. Yeah. Um, mm. Story of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Spider-Man Blue, we already did that review this episode. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I see what you did. With those covers, you, you could probably put a porn on that. Yeah, that's true. They were naked. Uh, George, you got one? Uh, not top of my head, no. Yeah. Uh, other question from Jan. If Marvel and Disney were to produce a crossover issue, what Disney characters would you like to see teamed up with Spidey, and what would the issue be about? It could be about Goofy, and they could, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know what they would do. <laughs> I don't, I don't I just like know Goofy. <laughs> Oh, hey, Spidey. <laughs> Warner Brothers would be so much more interesting. Warner Brothers would be so much more interesting because you could get Spider-Man with Bugs Bunny. I think that would work so effing well. You could have things like uh, Wolverine and Daffy Duck. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be That's funny. Crazy. You know, or the Punisher and Yosemite Sam. My biscuits are burning. My biscuits but are burning. But as far as Disney goes, if I had to pair Spider-Man up with anybody, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess it would probably be Goofy. Or Darkwing Duck. Goofy's actually my favorite. Uh, between Donald, Goofy, and Mickey, I think Goofy's probably my favorite. How about Norman Osborn and Eeyore? <laughs> hey, Norman. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if well, that works so much. Or Deadpool and, and Tigger. Yeah, Deadpool and Tigger. I'd want to see. I'd want to see Norman join forces with Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> and then, like, well, he's the goblin. He's riding her around while she's the big dragon. How, b- how about Norman hooking up with Cruella Deville? Yeah, well, about, uh, Cruella well, Deville is just too she's too low scale compared to Maleficent. Well, I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to cut Jafar. you off. I think they could do some damage. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Jafar was badass. I'm thinking about this now. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Come back next month. 
<laughs> uh, let's see. Thanks for the podcast, guys. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Jan the Man. Appreciate that. Fantasy Freak from my happy place, broadcasting there. Uh, what do you think of Spider-Man teaser? We've hit that up already. How much longer before there's a crossover between Marvel and Disney? Hit up already. <laughs> that up already, right above you. Um, what characters would you want to meet? Spider-Man. What do you mean, Mar- yeah, yeah. Well, let's meet Spider-Man. <laughs> We'd love to see him. Uh, and thoughts on the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy, unfortunately, you were thinking what we're thinking, and you hit up all of our topics earlier in the show, so thank you for that. Uh, as far as the, what characters would you like to meet? Um, Cat Black. George, is there a character you'd like to meet in comics? The one that I'd like to just meet? Like, like I mean, like, define me. Like, we're hanging out? Like, like we're buddies? or Like, like you gotta go get the beer with the kingpin, you know? Who would you like to hang out with? Wolverine would be fun. Oh, God. She-Hulk? She- oh, wow. You couldn't keep up, sir. <laughs> I'd have fun trying. <laughs> She-Hulk or, um... I don't know. Power Girl? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Power Girl, right? Um, <laughs> Any Spider-Man characters that you'd like to meet? Aunt May, maybe? No. Um, <laughs> Betty Brant? No, because I don't want Bertoni, you know, going off on. <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't. I, I've never really thought about that. I mean, sure, I'd like to meet Spider-Man, as so I could smack him in the back of the head and say, "What are you stupid?" You know. Um, I think it'd, it'd be a cool to Peter Parker and just screw with him and say, "You know what? I know. I know." Yeah, that would, that would be funny. <laughs> He's like, "You know what?" No, yeah. or you could just you know meet him and grab him and say. Okay, right now, stop everything you're doing. Go get Thor, go get Doctor Strange, and go kick Mephisto's ass. <laughs> I know what you did to your marriage. There you go. Have That'd Thor be- hold him down while you take turns kicking him in the in the demon tic tac. <laughs> in the devil food cake, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don, yeah, who would you in the devil's make- food cake? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, let's see, let's see. I, I, mean, I, I want to meet Spider Man because he's like my favorite character. Uh, Miles Morales would be fun Batman, like a kid. Batman would just be scary, wouldn't it? No, I, well, I I could roll with Batman because I I've, I have so much Batman crap right next to me that like I could probably get you know I could probably converse with him without him thinking that I'm a tool or maybe not. Uh, <laughs> Tim Drake I love to meet. Uh, Cassandra Kane, yeah, I, I like her autograph because like I'm a, I basically have a crush on that character. Uh, Virgil Hawkins would be fun. Uh, I would say I'm sorry, but I'm sorry that you lost money with your stupid comic book. Um. Superman would be fun. I was I would get an autograph. I'll get a picture for Michael Bailey. Um, who else? Daredevil would be cool. I basically think of my favorite characters now again. Jubilee, I'd like to be late to meet because I, I kind of like Jubilee from the '90s. I've been fitting for that character. Um, but really, I think Spider-Man would probably be the most approachable character. Like, right. like, oh, you know my secret? Don't tell anybody. Okay, see you later. So, yeah, yeah, no problem. Jubilee is a vampire, pro or con? Oh yeah, you know I actually read that like recently because I I heard about that. Uh... I like it. I read what? that issue. Yeah, Jubilee's a vampire, sir. Jubilee. Yeah, well, I, I read the issue where she was with X twenty three, and they, she, she's saying it. Like they're kind of dealing with it, so that's kind of cool. Um, I don't know. Vampires, vampires, and zombies. Is are she, such is a, she being? Is she like a good guy vampire? Yeah, she's she's, yeah. she's, she's, she's Jubilee, but she just happens to be a vampire. Well, she lost her powers after. Um, yeah, she did. House of M, so I mean, if that's a way to bring her back while giving her, you can always cure vampirism. 
Um, right. But if it's a it's if it's Tired a way of late. just bringing her back and having if it's a way to have her back despite her not being able to have her power, I mean, making her a vampire probably makes her more powerful. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, like, if um, the, the way they're doing it right now is very it's, you know she's she's dealing with it, and I think that that'll be I think I think it's it's the idea is a con, but I think the way they're handling it is a pro. I I would agree. It's a lot more interesting than her as a new warrior back in the day. Yeah, or Generation yeah. X, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Abul Aziz from Castlevania, speaking of vampires. Uh, <laughs> uh, to everyone in distance and length, which system do you like more, yards and inches or the metric system? <laughs> Holy crap. What the hell? What? what? Uh, well, I like a 13-inch Scarlet Spider <laughs> as opposed to... <laughs> Where would that come this way? How we couldn't have got this back when we were talking about the... the... <laughs> Spider-Man Triple X. I like I like oh the longest God. yard of the movie, so I guess yards. Yeah. Now the Adam Sandler, the Bruce, the Burr wait, Reynolds wait, wait, one. hang on. Don likes it by the yard. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Oh, Don no. likes it by the yard. I sure no. do. Thumbs up. Uh, yeah, yeah. George, how do you like it? <laughs> I go wide rather than long. Okay, Don. Uh, between oh, the list, <laughs> we only got two questions left. Oh, to Don, between the Dragon Ball Z podcast and Spider-Man classics, what's generally more? What about this one? What is generally more entertaining to do? <laughs> well, I mean, none of the other shows talk about porn as much as this one. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, honest to God, it's like you know, it's basically like. Liking that's basically asking like, do I do you like DBZ or Spider Man more? I like both equally because they're both diff- they both bring different things to the table. Uh, I I love the hell out of Spider Man classics and I'm really digging DBZ podcast or DBZ podcast next to mentioned right now. I don't have a favorite. Um, they they both bring different things and I, and just like Crawl Space, which you know brings George and uh, Brad's uh, hilarity. You know they all have their appeal, so I like them all equally as you know a cop out answer and a true answer. Okay. <laughs> Brad, how did you find out about mail order comics and get them to be your glorious sponsor? Um, how did I I, I uh, started ordering with them before I had the podcast? So it was a simple matter of sending them an email, them an email and say, you know what, I'm starting up this podcast. Would you like to be a part of it? And instantly, right away, they said sure. And they've been a, a sponsor for a very long time. So thank you for that. So yeah, if you if you like something. And you have a podcast or you have a product or something, send an email, never hurts. And maybe they could be a podcast sponsor for your show if they want to. So uh, wrap it up with recommendations and final thoughts. Don, I know you had some recommendations you wanted to hit up. Oh, did I? Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, just, oh, I thought you did. You, you were like, are we doing recommendations? Well, I, I, I just wondered if that was on the table. Oh, yeah, I can re- actually, actually, um, this is the funny. I, I wish JR was here because I'm going to recommend Star Trek. <laughs> All right. Um, now, my history with Star Trek is kind of interesting in that, like, when I was a kid, my dad is a Trekkie, uh, and I, I would watch Next Gen with him, like, on his knee, and uh, he would say that I always, like, sing the theme song. So mm-hmm. I remember watching Next Gen, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine with him as a kid, but I, it didn't stick with me, and I, I didn't really take in what was going on. I've recently seen some stuff. I, I have a friend who's a big Star Trek fan. He's shown me some stuff. I watched some episodes of Next Gen and uh, uh, Next uh, Deep Space Nine, and like my God, are those shows awesome! 
<laughs> right. You Wait, know, they're I'm... about to put out uh, all the Star Wars Next Generation, uh, Next Generation stuff. They just do, got done, or they're doing it right now. They're remastering it like they did the original series. And they're about on to Blu-ray, put that yeah. on, on, on like high def. They're like, oh, like, it's going to look way better. Yeah. My PlayStation 3 controller specs, I'll give Blu-ray stuff. Well, you, do you have Netflix, Don? I'm like the only person on the planet who does not have Netflix, but I have an internet so I can download stuff illegally. You need to get into the Netflix, Don. All the Star Treks are up there. I just finished Voyager. You need to get into every, every Star Trek's up there. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is that, like, I like, I, I, from what I've seen, I like the original series, even though the basic premise is that Kirk's an asshole and Spock just kind of, you know, stands there and face palms. I like it for, like, the, the, the <laughs> camp factor. But I really, Next Generation, I think, is a legitimately, like, not to say that Star Trek's a bad show, but Next Generation's, like, a really, that's, that's more up my alley. Like, it's more thought-provoking. And it's just, it's, I've always liked Star Trek, you know, tertiarily, but this is a really, really fun uh, franchise that I'm really interested in now. Yeah, Dude, there's so much for you to get into now, too. That's the thing. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Anything else, Don? Um, uh, so the be Spider-Man series, I'm having fun review. I've actually got to do the next episode, but yep. it's, I'm not going to say it's good yet. It's not nearly as bad as I remember, but it's interesting. Mary Jane's so weird in that show. <laughs> It's uh, Lisa Loeb, is that who's yeah. doing the voice? Actually, Lisa yeah. Loeb is actually a really good voice for Mary Jane. I, I actually think she's mm-hmm. one of the better ones ever. But uh, as a show, Josh and I are talking about this. It's hard to do a show where you're trying to stick into the movie continuity but trying to do your own thing in between the first and second movie. So a lot of the continuity right. messed up. Like I did, the, I did the Lizard episode where he dies, and, he, and in Spider-Man 2, he ain't dead. So like that's odd, but uh, I recommend <laughs> for if just for just for interest sake, check that out and see what you think about it. And, that, and that, yeah. that's my last one. I, I bought that on DVD years ago. I, I remember watching it first run on uh, MTV, and I, I lasted about six or seven episodes, and I, I, I haven't seen the last of them yet. That is actually I the guess, worst interpretation of the King, because instead of you know being a badass, he's basically like this big fat thug and who, who eats well, a lot. They kept the, if I remember correctly, they kept the Daredevil thing. They had uh, Michael Clark Duncan voice a black kingpin, right? That, that was right? cool, but the way they wrote yeah. him was bad. Because he, he says, where's my fries and all that. That's, 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 that's stupid. Right. That's right. Uh, let's see. George, recommendation, sir. Um, I've finally been able to catch up. Or uh, saw Game of Thrones, all I saw was the first episode. And I've finally been able to catch up with that now that it's on Blu-ray. Uh, so that's been amazing. Also, uh, Whisper in Darkness. Uh, if anybody out there is a HP Lovecraft fan, Don, are you a HP Lovecraft fan, Brad? No, that's the guy behind all the Cthulhu stuff, you know, from back in the twenties and thirties. Um, there's there's a group of of Lovecraft fans that have been around for decades. They're called the HP Lovecraft uh, Historical Society. They actually did what would have been they did a silent film version of Call of Cthulhu which is uh, Lovecraft's number one big huge story um, but they since that story came out in the 20s they actually did it as a silent film with like Ray Harry Hawson type you know stop motion that kind of stuff for the uh, for the monster and then now they just did their um, it's, it's like a, oh god it's about 104 minutes um, it's called The Whisperer in Darkness it's another one of, of Lovecraft's stories and they just released it. Well, I guess they released it a few months back, and I just now bought it. Uh, but it's, yeah, The Whisperer in Darkness. Um, it's very, very, very good. They did a really good job with it. So if you're a Lovecraft fan, check that out. 
Uh, you can get that at the HP Lovecraft Historical Society uh, website, which is, I think is CthulhuLives.org. And y'all are like, yeah, that's awesome, George. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, George? Um, not at the moment. Uh, don't don't go out with somebody who's almost twenty years younger than you. Oh, bad experience. I did that Friday. Uh oh. I, I wound what, up what's... going out with this girl that was twenty-one and sort of like a favor to a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Um, no chemistry or nothing to talk about. No, she was very nice, and we well, I mean, we're completely different people. Like, you know, I finally saw after I agreed to it, I finally saw a picture of her, you know, and she's really cute. But I mean, except that she's got like the lip piercing, and she's got tattoos <laughs> everywhere, and you know, turn off. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, I'm sure if I was you know 24, I wouldn't bat tw- I wouldn't think twice about it, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I wound up going out. Well, we were going to go see dinner and a movie, and what we eventually wound up doing was um, uh, she said, well, why don't we do one thing that you, that I would normally do, and then we'll go do one thing that you would normally do. Nice. And I said, yeah, you know, okay, that makes sense. You it's know, a trap. Kind of, it's a trap. <laughs> so she, trap. she takes me out to Arlington. It's this, that's the city out between uh, Dallas and Fort Worth. It's you know, where the Dallas Cowboy Stadium is now. And that mm-hmm. it's where the ballpark at Arlington is, you know, Six Flags over Texas. Anyway, so she takes me to this warehouse place out in the middle of nowhere, and there's people going in there, and these people are dressed up. It's like being at Wigstock or, you know, behind the scenes at, at, at Cats on Broadway, mm-hmm. right? And there's people coming up to me like cats, like like dudes dressed like cats, women dressed like cats, and they're throwing glitter everywhere, and they're dancing inside cages inside here, and there's all this industrial music, and there's people with the glow sticks and the pacifiers, and and then I realize I'm at I'm at a rave, <laughs> and I you know, and, and she's like you know, hey, check me out, I'm about to dance in this cage, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> and so she's like, are you not having fun? And I was like. Well, you know, um, it's interesting. She goes, well, what would you normally be doing about this time? And I said, about this time, I'd either be at work late or I'd be watching Netflix, drinking a beer, or I'd be asleep. <laughs> so she said, okay. Well, she's like, okay, so we came out here. Okay, let's go do one thing you do. So we actually we drove out to Fort Worth. Um, we went downtown to a, a nice little bar called the Library, and then she, that's when she slips it out, and she's like, oh, that's interesting because I work in a library. And I was like, oh, wow. Oh, she's a librarian. Yeah, Whoa. that that was kind of hot. I mean, because she also cause yeah, she didn't dude. have glasses, and I was then I was like, ooh, okay, now George. you're now you're kind of hot, you know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, because I'm I'm 39, I'll be 40 in July. So here I am going out with a 21 year old. I mean, but I was telling my friends, but they've been <laughs> on me. They've been on me about this. Go out with this girl. Go out with this girl. She's really nice. You're really nice, and she doesn't mind that you're older. And I'm like, well, I might mind that she's that much younger. She's old enough to be my kid. Ooh, damn. So you know, we um. We we went out to and we had fun there and then we decided to go eat breakfast because it was kind of late and we went to Denny's and uh, we wound up hanging out just talking about stuff. I mean, she's got you know she's interesting and she's she is very nice. She's a very sweet kid. Again, mm-hmm. you see what I'm saying? They're very sweet kid. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, sure. I mean, she was attractive and you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, hey. But I mean, I didn't I didn't do that because the age difference at this point was too much. Yeah. And and she said, you know, she's like, well, do you want to go out again sometime, or you know, do you want to come hang out? And I'm like, ooh, the girls asking you if you want to go yeah, out again. Yeah, and that's I was different. like, that's different. And I told that's her, different. I told her, I said, you know, I said, here's the thing. I said, I'll let, you know, ten years ago, I was moving into my uh, into my apartment. It was my third apartment, you know, the one that I'm in in now. Uh, you were in fourth grade, you know. Damn. 
And I pointed <laughs> out to her, I said, well, when, I'm, when I'm 50, you know, you're, you're going to be 32. And then she – at that point when I started breaking it down like that, she kind of got the – she was like, yeah, that's, that's big, isn't it? And I was like, yeah, that's pretty big, you know, so – we just kind of agreed. And it's like, well, you know, we had a good time, and good luck to you, and everything, and you know, whatever. And then we, and then you made out with her, right? No, <laughs> no, and are the porno no, script called for? No, and I, I, this is the first time because I'm I had back when I went back to college in 2007, back when I was 35, uh, I had an 18 year old hit on me, and one of yeah. my in one of my classes, and uh, one of my history classes, it was her entry level, and I was going back to because I had originally taken it when. The first time I was around, but I got a B, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this and, and get an A because I know I can get an A in it, and uh, and it was my major. But I did. I had an 18 year old hit on me, and but when I was 35, it it um at first I was like, okay, you're old enough to be my kid, and then I was over it real quick because she was cute and she had red hair. But now four years later, now I I put the brakes on it. I was like, oh, you know. We're vastly different. <laughs> what are we going to talk about? We both enjoy drinking. That was that was about all that I could. Come That's up. not a good thing to bond over. Yeah, yeah. So not a said, not a good idea. You know, we, we had a good time. You know, you're a good kid. Again, I didn't call her. I didn't say that to her. But in my head, I'm thinking, oh, you're a sweet kid. But uh, how old is she again? Twenty one. Twenty one. All right. So yeah. I, you know, I mean, what the hell? You know, so so don't go out with somebody who's almost you know half your age. She was born in 1991, George. He was she, born two years after the Batman movie came. That's out. my brother. <laughs> she she was born during the craze of the 90s and the Clone Saga. She was born yeah. during Death of Superman, wasn't she? Or is it or is that exactly. later? That'll, that'll put that's it. In that's my brother. Exactly age. right. I mean, what what? What the hell was I going to do? I mean, I, that kept coming back, and she was cute, and she had a really cute, you know, she had a really cute backside. Um, I kept staring at that all night. I was like, "Yeah, you walked your way," you know. But at the same time, I'm like, past drinking and probably sex. What are we going to have in common that we like? Yeah, that's that's what the life I kind of find. I'm, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm, I'm around that age group, but like even even kids, or I should say kids, girls that like uh, come out right out of high school, they're still in their teens. There's a different mentality, you know, that they they kind of go through several mentalities from like age tw- eighteen to twenty two that they think that they're like this mature thing or whatever, and they're really kind of in the same kind of juvenile mindset, even though they try to apply older sensibilities to themselves. So I can sympathize with that kind of situation. She didn't have any problem at all with the fact that I was old enough to be her dad until I started breaking. Until I started to put it in perspective about how old I would be and about how young, you know what I mean. Yeah. When I started breaking it down like that, then she then she was able you know then she was able to see it. But until then, she was like, "Oh yeah, you don't even seem like you're almost forty, and you seem like you're thirty-two. And I'm like, "Well, that's Man. cool and all, but but I'm not. Yeah. I'll be forty in July, you know." It was like, but she didn't have a problem with it at all until I started kind of breaking it down for her, you know. Right. So George recommends not dating younger women. Don't date. No, 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 no. No, don't get me wrong. Like if she was thirty, I, you know, I'm, don't date kids. You know, I'm, I'm going for the hole in one, Brad. But I mean, if, yeah. whoa, hey, no. But but I mean, but she's. I mean, she's for all intents and purposes, she's a kid to me. Right. You know what I mean. Any other recommendations, sir? Um. Ain't no party like a like a West Coast party because a West Coast party don't stop, Brad. Don't stop, little Coolio. Um. <laughs> <laughs> My recommendations, uh, I probably recommended them before, but I'm still enjoying them. Uh, I'm, I'm halfway through The Walking Dead Compendium, which reprints about the first 49 issues of The Walking Dead. 
Um, I'm just now getting to the governor story, which I hear is one of the best of all of them. Yeah. Um, have you guys there's read some, it? There's some bad shit that goes down there, Brad. Right. I, I, they just cleared out the prison is what I, I'm at, and they got zombies on the the prison gate wall and and uh, etc. Uh, which I'm wondering if they're going to go to a prison in the mo- in the TV show. I'm digging the TV show. I I, I, I know they've uh, deviated a little bit from the storyline, but I'm I'm still enjoying the TV show. Uh, what else do I like? Um, I I just got a uh, text message from a buddy of mine that said, "Saved by the Bell." All the episodes are now on Netflix. So. <laughs> Tiffany Amber Thiessen for everyone, um, so feel free to check that out. Um, I finished Voyager, like I said earlier in the show. I, I watched all seven seasons on Netflix. Uh, I didn't remember a lot of them, uh, and, and I think it gets a, a bum rap, and I think it's a really good show. I think it. Uh, I think Enterprise gets a bad rap, too, and I've enjoyed all the Trek. Currently, I'm on uh, Deep Space Nine Season 2. I'm going to get through that, and and at the time I liked it the least, so I'm going to I'm going to see if I like it a little bit more with a little bit of age on me. Uh, so that's my recommendations. Any final thoughts, Mr. Donovan? Lexi Swallow, that's it. Oh, on, <laughs> um, let's see. What? What are you talking about, Donovan? The hell! Get off that dirty website, you bastard! What the? That George put in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> for, oh, okay, for as a frame of reference, I've been showing Don and Brad who I would have casted in the uh, Spider-Man. Parody movie. So just just in case you know, no one's gonna have to think I'm a freak. Lord George. Final thoughts. uh, Adieu, Kevin and Mike. We miss you. Um, Good luck in in all your uh, all your future adventures. Crazy Chris, you did an excellent job, and I'd love to have you on the show again. Thank you so much, Brad and George, for having me on the show, fourth time in a row. Um, You're a regular now, Don. Oh, you and George. Regulars. Even so, I, 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 I feel that that movie where like, like what was it? Was it uh, uh, Angels in the Outfield where the kid is on a baseball team or whatever? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like you know, I was, I was listening to you guys for so long. And it's like now be on the show. It's kind of a little surreal. Um, Josh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. And um, keep reading Spidey. <laughs> George, final thoughts. Uh, bye, Kevin. Goodbye, Bailey. We'll miss you very much. And uh, um, good luck in everything else. But uh, here it's uh, onwards and upwards. And I'm, I'm on the Comics Alliance website right now, and they're releasing an Alfred action figure. How much action can you get out of Alfred? <laughs> <laughs> How much is it? Is it, is it, does it hit the Brad? Uh, uh, I, I, I didn't. Yeah, it probably did. That's a six-inch Dark Knight Rises action figure. What's <laughs> Dark, Dark Knight Rises for six inches. That's what I got from that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Reminds me of when they released the Aunt May action figure. Oh, God. Aunt May action figure out there? I don't know. Yes, there is. Go to Weird Marvel Collectibles on the front page. It's one of them. Keyword weird. Weird, exactly. Gang, uh, Kevin and Bailey, I'm going to miss you guys. You've been, uh, like we said, brothers. And uh, you always have an open spot to come join us again. Hope that you're going to be faster. And that's a wrap, gang. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another example of their great prices is on Amazing Spider-Man, number 688. In this one, Spidey is stuck between two monsters as Morbius tries to cure the lizard and restore Kurt Connors. The cover price is $3.99. Mail order has it for just $2.47, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Also add them on Facebook, just type in MailOrderComics in the search bar. 
Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the SpiderManCrawlspace.com. <laughs>